We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Treats finest. I am Jack Grossman. Unfortunately, no Mark Lieberman today. Um, you know, things happen sometimes. And you know, unfortunately, coach's daughter's a little bit under the weather the past couple days, so he's been pretty preoccupied with that. And you know what? As someone who knows how much my parents did when my brother and I were sick growing up, um, completely understandable. So, long story short. You're stuck with me today. <laughs> Talking to Louisville and Florida State here on Floyd Street's finest part of the field of 68 podcast network. You can like and subscribe on you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, all that stuff. There for Floyd Street's finest again, part of the field of 68. Even without Coach Lieberman, I wanted to make sure to get an episode out here considering Louisville, the way the Louisville-Florida State game went, the fact that Louisville actually played a good game, especially on the offensive end. And we haven't had many opportunities to have an overall positive episode on this podcast. So when the opportunity arises, damn it, I want to make sure I take it one way in in any way, shape, or form I can get it here. So we're going to dive into Louisville-Florida State, why the Cardinals were able to put 103 points up on the Seminoles, kind of where the matchup 
not that anyone ever thought Louisville was going to score 103, but but there were some underlying things going into this game that you could have said, okay, maybe you know Louisville could have some success against this Florida State defense, which absolutely turned out to be true. The effect of Tyler Johnson, all those things, and you know we'll get to it a little bit. But but does this mean anything for Louisville? Big picture, they kind of enter this back end of ACC of the ACC slate where they're not playing, you know. North Carolina, Duke, Wake Forest, NC State, Virginia, who, who blasted Miami on Monday night, <laughs> night uh, 60 to 38. They, they, they get the rest of the ACC, the very, very bad part of the ACC. So what does that mean? We'll get to that a little bit as well. But Louisville beats Florida State, hangs 103 on the Seminoles, a Florida State team that struggled mightily in the non-conference, had a really good start to ACC play, but have now fallen, kind of reverted back to what they were doing in the non-con. I think they've lost three out of their last four. Now, they're, they're not a great basketball team, but they're known more for their defense than their offense. And even though, you know, they came into the game a top 40 defense in Ken Palm, they play a style defensively. There's not many things that you know, favor Louisville in, in matchups these days. And there's not, you know, many things that you can point to and say, okay, I feel like you have a strong chance because of this, this, and this. But looking at Florida State and what they want to do defensively, what do they want to do defensively? Aggressive, full-court pressing, switching defense, and being really, really aggressive. Now, what does that lead to? Florida State, you got to look at Lone Hamilton's teams in the past, both when they were really, really good a few years ago, and even when they've struggled the last few years here. They are a team that very much says, we're going to play a lot of dudes, we're going to try to wear you down, and we're going to be very, very physical and aggressive. And what can that lead to when you're physical and aggressive? A lot of fouls. A big old-fashioned ref show. And that is what we got at the Hum Center on Saturday night. Louisville shot 45 free throws in this game. Florida State shot 35. 30 of Louisville's 45 free throws in the second half. And Louisville did a phenomenal job making it when they got to the line. They shot 80%. One of the big differences in that game was not just that Louisville got 10 more free throw opportunities than Georgia, not Georgia Tech, Florida State, but the fact that they made 36 of their 45, whereas Florida State was 66%, 23 of 35. You know, you're plus 13 from the foul line. You won the game by nine. That's a big deal. And Louisville is a team that was very well positioned to take advantage of what Florida State gives up on the defensive end. You look at Florida State's Ken Palm numbers. They are 348th out of 363 Division I teams in, in free throw to field goal ratio which means teams are shooting a higher percentage of free throws as compared to, to field goals. Only 15 teams give up more free throws per field goals than Florida State does. Louisville's offense on the other end, we've talked about this, Coach Lieberman and I, many, many times, especially early in the season. Louisville's best offense was taking guys off the dribble one-on-one, -on -one, trying to get into the lane and getting to the free throw line. Shots aren't falling having trouble getting some some shots from the field going, which Louisville was able to hit shots from the field, especially in the paint on Saturday night as well. But end-all, be-all, the goal was to get to the line, get, line, get to the charity stripe, and make your free throws. Louisville is 20th in the country in free throw to field goal ratio. So that says, look, 
you're going to get a lot of free throws. You're going to draw a lot of fouls against an aggressive Florida State team. Another stat that goes off with that. 23.1 of Florida State's points given up have been from the free throw line. The 23rd highest, or the 27th rather, highest rate in the country. Louisville's offense gets 24.2% of their points from the free throw line. The 12th highest in college hoops. Those two stats to be going into the game, you say, okay, Louisville's probably going to be aggressive, especially when they get Tyler Johnson back, which they did in a huge way. We'll get that in a second. And Florida State's a team that isn't going to be disciplined enough to keep Louisville off the foul line. They're going to foul you and foul you a bunch. The ACC Network had the stat on the broadcast that that the Knowles' average game time going into Saturday, which Saturday's game was well over two, two and a half hours. I think it was 2.35. But their average game time was two hours, 13 minutes. They'd only played two games under two hours all season, according to the ACC Network broadcast. That's insanity. I, I get it. Yeah, we all make the jokes of, you know, games don't last two, two hours. Why do they have the two-hour time windows? But don't they have two games all year last under two hours? And to have, you know, multiple games, you know, that game went, again, 235. They, the broadcast that they had a game earlier this year, a regulation game, you know, two hours, 43 minutes. It's a lot of fouls. A lot of herky-jerky, hard-to-find-a-rhythm fouls. And you know what? That's the type of game Louisville plays. That's the exact style that Louisville likes to play. They Not a lot of flow at times, but you know what? You're drawing fouls, getting to the free throw line, and hitting your foul shots. It's a very boring, bland thing to talk about, but to me, that was the biggest story of why Louisville was able to have so much success because they were they had they knew what F FSU struggled with. It played into Louisville's biggest strengths on the offensive end, and they were able to take advantage of it. Now let's get into the actual game itself, other than just, you know, statistical overlays. Obviously, you know, Tyler Johnson did not play in the Clemson game, was in foul trouble the Virginia game. He was, to me, the story of this game. Brad Hudley Hatfield was phenomenal also, but Tyler Johnson just was spectacular in this game. And for me, all you need to look at in terms of this game and to kind of see where this game was going First two minutes where Tyler didn't start, Louisville didn't score. So, yeah, you can say Louisville hung 103 in 40 minutes, whatever. They really hung 103 in 38 minutes because Tyler, because they were scoreless until Tyler Johnson came to the game. But you can see how much the game just changed once he came into the contest. And he did not come out of the game after that. He played all 38 minutes after he didn't start the game. And, and that's where Louisville... You know, obviously, I kept saying 103. They were at 101. I was confusing it with Tennessee there for a minute. That's my fault. 101 points Louisville scored, not 103. But you scored 101 points in 38 minutes. It was Kentucky that gave up 103 to Tennessee there. <laughs> They're on Saturday night. My fault on confusing that. That's completely on me. Feel free to, you know, laugh at me, comments, whatever. But 101 points. But Louisville, scoreless when Tyler comes into the game. Here are the first five possessions Louisville has after Tyler comes in. Tyler drives downhill versus the pressure, finds Caleb Glenn for a layup. Johnson beats the pressure himself, drives all the way, gets a layup for him. Tyler drives again. You see a trend here starting, finds Caleb Glenn, who actually misses the layup, but that was a really, really good look. Then Tyler pulls up and hits an and one from the mid-range. After that, he drives, then kicks, 
to Trey White for an open three, which he misses. But that's five possessions in a row there where you got either a bucket or a layup chance or a wide open three. And four of those five possessions were from Tyler penetrating that Florida State defense. They were phenomenal getting into the lane against Florida State. And Tyler Johnson is the biggest reason why. You look at those five possessions, that really set the tone for the rest of the game for Louisville. That, that's what said, okay, look, we're going to get into the paint whenever we want to. It doesn't matter what you're going to do defensively. It was Florida State really didn't change much defensively throughout the game. They just kind of, you know, kept doing what they do and then thought it would eventually start working, which it clearly did not. And Len Hamilton's a great coach, but it he didn't really make many adjustments in this game, to be quite honest. But but they really, really did a great job of getting into the line. I mean, there's, there's a reason why Louisville scored, what was it, uh, 50? Yes, 50 points of the paint. Now, Louisville gave up 54 points of the paint, but they were able to mitigate that mainly at the free throw line. But the Cardinals, and Johnson and Brandon Huntley-Hadfield specifically, did a really, really good job of taking advantage of Florida State switches. It, now, if you've watched Florida State th- throughout the years under Leonard Hamilton, other than, you know, they ha- they'll they have the other seven-footers, but they're very much like, we're going to be the tallest team in the country, one through five, and we're going to switch everything defensively to kind of take you out of your offense. And that works when you have, you know, you're playing Mafindu Kamigale at the five back in the day. You had Trent Forrest, all those dudes, you know, six, five, Devin Vassell, uber-athletic NBA-type players. That doesn't work as much when, yes, Florida State's still tall, but they aren't nearly the athletes that they used to have back when they were really in the heyday of the Leonard Hamilton era. And, and, and you can tell because when they would switch those 1-5 ball screens, one, Tyler could get by whoever switched onto him whenever he wanted to, and two, Brandon Huntley-Hatfield feasted in the post against the smaller defenders that he was being switched on to. He was dominant. He, he played the best game. It's not an exaggeration for both Tyler and Brandon Huntley Hatfield. They both played the best game of games of their careers. And I don't know if it's particularly close to what the second one would be. I mean, they had the stat that Tyler was the first player to have a 20 and 12 game with assists at Francisco Garcia in 2004 against Murray state. I mean, that's hard to do. <laughs> Francisco Garcia is one of the greatest players of all time. I loved him as a kid. <laughs> those were, you know, those were the teams that got me into basketball. You know, him, Taekwondo, Dean, Reese Gates, all those guys. And, and you know, I remember him having that 15 assist game against Murray State. And for Tyler to be mentioned in that same breath, that's pretty damn impressive. And we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And they were phenomenal there against those switches. And, and Florida State... You know, hung around most of the game, mainly because Louisville wasn't exactly stopping him on the defensive end either. But Louisville, there were two stretches, really, that were important in this game after after the start of it, where, where Louisville was kind of able to build their lead out, number one, and to also, the one time Florida State threatened, pushed the lead back out to where it really wasn't much of a contest, it was just a free throw battle excuse me, the rest of the way. And Louisville really, we talked about it yet, the Clemson game. Where, you know, I said with Phil Baker last week, Paul, the Paul Rogers, you know, listening to the end of the first half while stuck in traffic after the Georgia Tech-Carolina game when, when Clemson won that 29-9 run that started the end of the first half, Paul Rogers said something, again, not a direct quote, paraphrasing it because I don't remember exactly what he said, but Paraphrasing the quote of, at least Louisville waited until the end of the first half to collapse. It was the exact opposite against Florida State. I get Florida State's not as good as Clemson. Clemson is probably like an 8-9 seed-ish right now. Their NCAA tournament stock's definitely falling from where it was about a month ago. But but I guess, I think they would probably be in if it was today. But they're nowhere, nowhere sure to lock. Florida State, especially after this game, is... Uh, not going to be in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> I can pretty much guarantee that at this point. Point they they don't have good wins. They don't have a great resume. The Louisville loss, sorry, is a really bad loss. I mean, they also have losses to Georgia, South Florida, at SMU, at Lipscomb in the non-conference. Their best win is looking at it right now, probably Wake Forest at home. Yeah, I mean that they also had a neutral court win over Colorado in overtime. I mean. It's just not a good resume. <laughs> like, that's just not an NCAA tournament resume. They don't have many chances to improve that later in the year because the ACC is not great. I mean, they get Duke at home. They they would need to win that. Other than that, I mean, Clemson on the road. I mean, that that's – I I think eyeballing it, I don't have – I have the Ken Palm page pulled up right now, not the actual um, bracketologist.com page, but I think those are the only two quad one games that they have left, and I'm not sure if they have a quad one win yet this year. Uh, at – Miami, if they're still top 75 in the net, would be a quad one when they did win on the road in Coral Gables, but not really doing it. But anyways, long way of saying, different caliber of team. Even though Clemson's not great, they are better than Florida State. And Louisville, despite that, taking that out of it, complete 180 end of the first half from what they did up in Clemson last week. They ended the half... You know, they were up three with 3.05 left going to the last media timeout. Louisville then goes on a 10-0 run and ends the half on a 14-5 stretch to go at 12 at the break. That was tone-changing, game-changing, momentum, any 
phrase you want to throw in there. Absolutely monumental for Louisville. And you look at how they did it. Again, all penetration. Curtis Williams, transition and one. Huntley Hatfield, pair of free throws. Tyler runs a 1-5 pick and roll with Huntley Hatfield, penetrates in the paint. Or actually, this was the one where Tyler lobs it over the defense <laughs> to get to Brandon Huntley Hatfield. So let, let me rephrase that. Louisville gets a stop. Florida State fails to match up correctly on the other end to where a guard was cross-matched on BHH in the post. Tyler has a big on him. Tyler does a really great job of recognizing the matchups and just simply lobs it over the entire defense with the with the small trying to front Huntley Hatfield. Great pass. BHH able to catch it, finish, and one easy, easy lob over the defense. Really, really great job there in execution from Tyler Johnson. Then Mike James, who had 18 points in the game, 14 of them were at the free throw line. That might be a biggest indictment of this game than anything else, that Mike James made two field goals and had 18 points, <laughs> but was able to attack and transition, get to the free throw line to complete the 10 nothing run. That drought Florida State gets with an eight. Tyler Gets fouled 94 feet from the basket. Really just an incredibly stupid foul on Florida State's part. There's not really any way to describe it. He hits both free throws. Then Johnson gets a steal. Finds Huntley Hatfield for a dunk to end the half. Just like that, you're up 12. You're sitting pretty. And that takes Louisville to the locker room. Instead of a back and forth first half where you're up maybe 3-5, you're up 12. Now you have a cushion to give you in case Florida State does make a run and you kind of revert back to, you know, a little bit of stagnant offense for a couple minutes, which is exactly what happened early in the first, in the, in the second half when Florida State went on an 8 nothing run to get within 53-49. At that point, at that point, it was almost, again, flipped from a lot of the other games where Louisville would be down usually, you know, a lot more than 12, but Louisville, we talked about it a lot. Gets down really big early, makes a run to kind of get back to the tracking distance, but can't hold, can't sustain it. The other team kind of flips the switch again, and you end up losing by, you know, 15, 20 points. That was the whole thing I tied with last week. But to Louisville's credit, they were able to turn the tables on it because they answered Florida State's 8 nothing run with a 9 nothing run of their own to where Tyler gets a switch on a pick and roll, drives, gets into the paint, and... Hits that behind-the-back pass to Brandon Huntley-Hatfield for a dunk. Trey White, a rare defensive gem of a play from Trey White, gets a steal and passes ahead to Huntley-Hatfield for another dunk. Florida State misses a dunk, which, yes, that's yet a little lucky, but sometimes you need a little luck. And then Tyler hits a step-back jumper on the other end. Then to cap off the run, Tyler hits Curtis Williams on a beautiful cross-court pass for a corner three. And then after that point, Florida State only got it within two possessions one other time the rest of the game after that run. And that was when they got within six or 40 seconds. That's when the game was essentially over. So that you were able to hold Florida State off of those two runs there. To where it was basically just back and forth, free throws on each end. Really kind of bogged down later in that second half. Not much defense on either side. But Louisville did a very, very good job, again, of having their game plan executed. In the second half alone, Louisville only took four three-pointers. They hit two of them. But, you know, Louisville only took 11 threes on the game and, and scored 101 points. They only made three threes all game and scored 101 points. What does that mean? Number one, contrary to popular belief, there are 
other ways to score a lot of points other than just hitting a bunch of threes in modern college basketball. Not saying that Louisville's recipe should be going three for 11 from distance every game or only taking four three-pointers in the second half every game, but when you're doing something well and you're able to exploit a defense like Louisville did and draw 34 fouls on the other end, then yes, that's okay that you only hit three threes. They were only 27% for three. You only took four in the second half. You know why? Louisville saw that they weren't hitting from behind the arc. They saw where they were getting their success in the paint and from the charity stripe. And they said, why would we be settling for a bunch of three-pointers when we can get to the bucket whenever we want to? And the result of that was, again, 50 points in the paint for the Cardinals and 45 free throws. By the way, yeah, you know, 30 of those points of the paint were in the first half. <laughs> they gave up 34 points of the paint in the second half. They did. That, that That's not great, but they shot 54% from the field in this game. And I would argue most of them were on dunks and layups. In fact, I got it pulled up right now. Louisville took 29 dunks and layups in this game. Made, made 20 of them. That's a pretty damn good percentage. They, they had seven dunks in this game. In 81 possessions, 29 of the 81 possessions ended with a dunk or a layup. For those of you that are bad at math like I am, that's 35.8% of their possessions ended in a dunk or a layup. And you want to take it a step farther, 45 free throws. I'm not going to calculate and ones and all that, but we're just going to say, you know, 45 divided by two, we're just saying roughly... You know, we'll give them an and one. 23 possessions ended at the free throw line. So that's 81 possessions where 30 of them, 53 of the 81 possessions ended either at the free throw line or with a dunk or layup. That's 65% of your possessions. If you're doing that, then you're probably going to score a lot of points, especially when you turn the opponent over 18 times and have 22 points off those turnovers as well. So again, Great matchup for Louisville, but more importantly than the matchup, they actually took advantage of that matchup to score, again, 101 points and be able to get a home conference win for the first time since beating Clemson in the Yum Center last year. As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for the listeners and the viewers of the Field of 68 each and every week of the college basketball season. We have a special offer that will be available starting on Tuesday, January 9th, and running through Monday, February 12th, the morning after Super Bowl 58. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, in honor of the big game, you can use the bonus code FIELD158 and you'll get $158 in free bets on your first wager with BetMGM, regardless of whether or not you win that first bet. Here's how you make it work. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code FIELD158. Deposit at least $5 and place your first wager on any game. You'll receive $158 in bonus bets regardless of the outcome of your bet. Just make sure that you use that bonus code FIELD158 when you sign up. And remember, BetMGM is now available under one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient when I have to go cover games in New York or Philly, which happens quite a bit. 
When you cross state borders, you just log into your existing account and fire away. You don't have to create separate accounts in each state. It's easy, it's simple, it's clean. And most importantly, we have some fun stuff coming up for the heart of the college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops, odd boosts, and my favorite, a nice juicy parlay boost. So download the BetMGM app and sign up today. Field 158. So what does this mean for Louisville long-term? Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. I don't really know. I, 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 to be honest, probably not much, but you know what? I wanted to take 25 minutes there and just give Louisville credit for playing probably the best game of the Kenny Payne era. I mean, it's either that or the Clemson game last year or the Miami game earlier this year, but I'd probably give this one an edge because one, we've been over many times before. I think that Miami game had more to do with Miami than it did did for Louisville and they they executed their game plan a lot better against Florida State than I feel like they did against Miami. So now you're entering a spot now where talked about this with Mark Ennis a couple weeks ago from 939 The Ville. Louisville from January 10th, really, through Jan through the rest of January, the ACC's not a good league. They're not there, there may only be three teams that make the NCAA tournament. I, I'd argue Virginia should probably be one of those. <laughs> I mean, Carolina, Duke, both locks. Virginia, very much on the bubble. Clemson probably in at this point. Wake Forest, metrics really like them. They don't have a lot of good wins, and they're starting to struggle a little bit here the last couple weeks to where they're probably on the outside looking in right now. Miami has fallen off a cliff. They're not in. NC State, bubble, but on the outside looking in right now. But that's still the the cream of the crop of the ACC, those five, six teams. And Louisville had NC State, Carolina, Wake Forest, Duke, Virginia, Clemson. <laughs> that's as tough. That That's the toughest stretch you can get in the ACC. And Louisville lost all six of those games. None, and none of them were really particularly close. I mean, you made late runs against NC State and Clemson to, to try to make it interesting at the end, but... Let's be honest, there weren't really moments where we thought you were winning those games. And the question that was posed to both Ennis and I at that time going into that stretch was, if you lose all of these games and you get blown out in most of them, would that break the spirit of the team to where it doesn't really matter that you have a really, really easy stretch to end the year in February going into March? And that was the million-dollar question for Louisville. Not that, you know, it, one way or the other saves Kenny Payne's job. I, I think it would take something miraculous to save his job at this point, which I just, to be completely honest, you don't see happening. Even in a game where you score 101, you only win by nine because you give up 92 points to a Florida State team that, you know, is not good offensively. They're 124th offensively in Ken Palm. They're 210th in effective field goal percentage, and they shot uh, 52% from the field. 
<laughs> like, yeah, like I, I still don't trust Louisville's defense at all. I mean, Louisville and Ken Palm, I, I believe, is 311th defensively. Yeah, that that that's where or, or that's in Torbeck actually, but but they're not a good defense uh, on any sense of the word. They're they're historically atrocious on that end actually, but but to me the question is if you're playing a team that's not going to play into your strengths like Florida State does, are you going to be able to score 101 points? Louisville's offense has been good at times this year, but it needed to be at a special elite level to beat Florida State by nine. Can they be at that special elite level when they're playing other teams that, while may not be good or even as good as Florida State is, but they play a style that doesn't benefit what the two, three things you do really well. At the same time, Syracuse will be a good indictment of that because you're going on the road to the Carrier Dome or the JMI Wireless Dome, whatever the hell they call it. Now it's the Carrier Dome. And you're playing a Syracuse team that's fallen off the bubble. They're not good. Probably the best thing they do is defend their, using my best friend Ken Palm here, 36th in Ken Palm Roy's defensive efficiency ranking. So they're good, not great defensively. But you look at them, they do play really fast. Their average possession length is about 16 seconds on defense, 16.8 seconds on offense. That's both top 100 nationally. The defense, they play the fifth fastest tempo of anyone in the country. And you look at, Again, the two sets we looked at earlier, free throw percentage or free throw point distribution. Syracuse opponents only get 15.3% of their points from the free throw line. That's 333rd in the country. Again, to compare, Florida State opponents get 23.1% of their points from the charity strike. That's 27th in the country. Louisville, again, top 20 offensively in that metric. But Syracuse is in the top 30 of limiting free throws in their point distribution. That's that's a big, a very big difference. The, the free throw to field goal ratio, 26.8, that's 47th in the nation. Syracuse does a much, much, much better job than Florida State. That's going from one of the worst teams in the country at that to a top 50, top 30 team country and keeping you off the free throw line how will louisville be able to adjust to that because we've seen louisville be able to early on the season against inferior opponents get to the free throw line whenever they wanted to against florida state a team that fouls you a bunch be able to get to the free throw line whenever they want to but we've seen the cardinals struggle in games like you know virginia or or duke or 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 nc state virginia especially both times really really struggle to get to the free throw line against teams that one are can match you athletically, which I, I think Wolves probably a little bit more athletic than Syracuse. They're not the most athletic team in the world, but two don't just gift you a bunch of fouls. So that will be the big challenge for Louisville is they're probably gonna have to hit some more threes than they did on, on Saturday. They're gonna have to shoot the ball well. And Tyler is going to have to, you know, show can you back up your historic performance of 27 points, 11 assists, six rebounds. Can you do it again? <laughs> no, I mean, you, you, it's unfair to ask a guy to do 27, 11, and 6, but can you be the stir? Can you be the spoon that stirs the drink? And can you get into the lane like you did against Florida State, against the Syracuse team on the road? That that would be a big question for Louisville. And 
you know, again, Brandon Huntley Hatfield, who's been really, really good, but I hadn't been that level of good. Can he, I think that's fair to assume that he's going to have, you know, probably not 29 again, but he'll be in that 13, 15 range, get, you know, eight, nine, 10 rebounds. He'll be good. Can, you know, Trey White, you're going to need him to score a point. He did not score a point in, <laughs> in the Florida State game after having 27 against Clemson. Mike James will have to hit more than two field goals. And on the other end, I don't even know if it's worth saying at this point, can you defend Syracuse? Like, you know, can you keep Judah Mintz from going off? You know, Benny Williams. They got some guys that can that can score the ball a little bit, and Louisville hasn't put up much resistance to that all year. So if Louisville were to win that Syracuse game, then you go, okay, maybe, first of all, they would be winning two games in a row in the ACC for the first time in the Kenny Payne era. Then you go, okay, maybe they could go like 500 or something the rest of the year. You get, because you look at Louisville's schedule, it's not a good schedule. They're playing the bottom of a really, and the, the middle and the bottom of a really bad ACC. I mean, Florida State, not good. Syracuse on the road, not good. Georgia Tech at home. While they've beaten Duke and Carolina at home, they're not as good on the road. And they're, you know, very much year one, Damon Stalemeyer. They're, you know, still figuring out their identity, their culture, all that stuff. And they've been very up or down. Uh, now, so you don't really know what Georgia Tech you're going to get. There, Boston College on the road, not good. Pittsburgh on the road, not good. You know, they handled you already. The um setter, Notre Dame at home, Micah Shrewsbury, year one. They play hard, but they're just not very talented right now. The only game you'll get is that Duke game, Mar- February 28th at Garrett Indoor. You're not winning that game. I'm sorry. You're just not. But then Syracuse, Virginia Tech, Boston College at home to wrap up the year. These aren't good teams you're playing. They, they're... So you have chances to where you can compete in most of these games, maybe win some of them, even though, again, Ken Palm only has you winning the Notre Dame game, though they give you a 47% chance to beat Georgia Tech, a 33% chance to beat Syracuse at home, 35% chance to get Boston College at home. I mean, just I guess the big question is, even if Louisville were to win three, four games down the stretch, does is there really a big difference between seven and twenty five or whatever, or, or seven and twenty four and ten and twenty one? I I don't I I don't or or eleven and and twenty. I just I don't. It, it's just not enough for me to say, yeah, you feasted again, or not even feasted. You went five hundred against the bottom of the ACC of a really really bad ACC. We should give KKP a year three. I just, they would need to do something unprecedented that I, we have not seen anything that they're capable of doing yet, to be quite honest, if they're going to do that. All right, before we get out of here, I just want to hit on a couple other games around the country real quick from the weekend. Obviously, first time since 1994 that you had three top 10 matchups in one day. Absolutely phenomenal. We're just going to quickly run through them. Kansas, Houston, and I'll throw Kansas, Kansas State here. In addition to that, I thought Kansas played by far their best game of the year on Saturday against the Cougars to where the Jayhawks were able to – I'll put it this way. Houston had four defensive rebounds in the first half, and it was had nothing to do with how poor or good of a rebounding team Houston is. They're a phenomenal rebounding team. Because Kansas only missed five shots in the first half. 
It was phenomenal. Hoop Vision 68 had a great video on Houston's pick and roll defense about how they blitz you and really, you know, trap you and make you incredibly uncomfortable and pressure you. Kansas was the perfect foil to that. Dewan Harris, you know, been on campus forever, super, super experienced, making quick decisions to get it to KJ Adams on the quick roll, which is another thing you could use against that blitz on the on the high ball screen, being able to get quick easy ball movement. They were hitting threes. Furphy and Kevin McCuller were on Saturday to where that was super impressive from kids. They blew that game open in the first half. Houston made some adjustments as, as you know, they, they were going to and kind of, you know, didn't get blown, completely blown out, but that game was over after the first 20 minutes. It just was. Duke Carolina and Kentucky, Tennessee, I kind of throw in the same boat. We'll get that said, but, but Kansas, Kansas State, huge, huge win for Jerome Tang's ball club. I know he's a name that's been floated around for the Louisville job, a bunch they had been in, in a rut. They lost four in a row, but backs against the wall, needing a win for their NCAA tournament resume against your biggest rival, the best, you know, probably the best program in college basketball right now, Kansas. I guess, you know, UConn you know, would probably say, take claim to that as well, but no one's had the sustained success over two decades that Bill Self has had. They get program wins they win they they make a living out of stealing these types of games to be able to make enough plays to escape that one in overtime huge 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 phenomenal win for jerome tang's ball club and you can see him like i i don't know how you can watch the post game of him in the student section going nuts you know dancing doing all that stuff and say damn that energy would be a lot of fun it would be a great injection into what the mess Louisville has been the last few years. The type of positivity, energy, enthusiasm. That's what I want to see out of a college basketball coach. And Jerome Tang absolutely has that. Hadn't been a great year for him this year, obviously Elite Eight last year, but still right in the thick of the NCAA tournament discussion after getting that win over Kansas on Tuesday night. Duke, Carolina, Kentucky, Tennessee kind of fell into the same bucket for me of R.J. Davis, Dalton Connect, Zach Eadie's, you know, probably going to be the player of the year again in college basketball, be the first guy since Ralph Sampson to win the one award in the Naismith award two years in a row. But RJ Davis, Don Connect are probably numbers two and three for me. They've been spectacular. And both of those teams played huge rivalry games. Carolina hosting Duke, Tennessee traveling to Rupp Arena to take on Kentucky. Neither guy had his best game. RJ Davis, I believe only had four points in the first half, finished with 17, Don Connect, Shot 5 of 14 from the field. However, both of those teams were able to overcome that and win over their rivals easily. Carolina, Harrison Ingram was absolutely spectacular. He played his best game in a Carolina uniform. Perfect time for him to heat up from distance. Armando Bakeout, we saw the Armando Bakeout of old that we had been wondering about all year long. Is this guy still in there? He was absolutely dominating Kyle Filipowski. Ryan Young in the paint was absolutely huge as Carolina was able to hold off Duke. Kentucky, Tennessee. I give Carolina more credit than I do Tennessee. For their offensive explosion, because one, Duke's a better defensive team than the Kentucky is right now, and two, we we we've seen flashes from Carolina guys before. Like we've seen Armando Baycott be a beast in past years. We know it's in there. Harrison Ingram's a, a good player. You know, Cormac Ryan's a dude that that was a phenomenal spot up shooter for Notre Dame the last few years. Ellicott, top 
recruit, which that's how the Carolinas got to figure out. Cano, as great as he is, super, super great for general, pass first, traditional point guard, incredibly speedy, really good defensively, but he's going to have to knock down some shots. <laughs> it's going to have to happen, or else, else Carolinas going to get stuck playing four on five in the half court, kind of like how uh, Ty Rogers in Illinois does does uh, from time to time over in the Big Ten. But I trust Carolina's offense more because I've seen it from them in the past to where they can step up when R.J. Davis doesn't have a Superman-type game. Tennessee, you know, Sakai Ziegler scores 26. He hadn't done that all year. You know, they they get, they get score 103 points. Actually, 103 this time, not one like I was saying with Louisville earlier, but... But they were able to just absolutely shred Kentucky again. And to me, that whereas Carolina is more of a decument on Carolina, Kentucky Tennessee is more of a decument on Kentucky. I mean, Kentucky defensively has been really damn bad all year, man. And getting the seven footers back hasn't helped them the way that John Calipari was hoping. Getting a do the arrow back from injury after being out for a couple weeks isn't helping. Kentucky's gone for being probably a two or a three seed. I know a lot of Louisville fans probably enjoy this, <laughs> hearing this too, being in like that five, six range in the NCAA tournament right now. So they have a lot to do to kind of try to right the ship because if they don't defend, they're not going, they're not going to make it out of the first weekend. They're just not, you, you cannot win three, four NCAA tournament games in a row. If you're routinely giving up 90 points. Or in this case, obviously, 103 points. But Kentucky's in a very tough spot now to where they need to kind of reinvent themselves. We'll see what happens with the DJ Wagner situation. And they got to find some answers on the defensive end or else they're in a whole heaping, excuse me, pile of trouble. I I, I couldn't help myself. I had to do my, yeah. Nine minutes on, on those three games. I was hyped. I love it. I mean, you had three top 10 matchups in one night. Going to be a blast. Anytime that happens, that happens in 1994. So that's all we got for this edition of Floyd Sheets Finals. We'll be back with uh, Coach Lieber. We talk about maybe doing something later in the week, either that or the weekend. But we'll be back soon. Again, just wanted to make sure I got something out with, uh, with the Louisville Florida State game going as it did on Saturday night. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. We'll catch you guys next time here on Floyd Street's Finest.